This podcast is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens, the world's number one pizza oven brand. Welcome to the Pizza Pod Party. With Arthur Bavino and Alfred Schultz. On today's show... Stand-up comedian Christian Finnegan is our guest. There's pizza news, and our topic is pizza and babysitting. Pizza and babysitting. I have no idea where you're going with that, but it, does it have something to do with the fact that you know a lot about pizza and this podcast? Uh, it feels like you're babysitting me. Is that what this topic is? <laughs> babysitting each other. We don't make it getting to the topic at the top of the show here. I'm just asking because I'm okay. kind of going in blind to this. I don't know. Well, I am too. Well, my name's Alfred Schultz. Welcome to the pizza party, pal. Happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, all that stuff. And I am Arthur Bovino of NYC Best Pizza. I'm the head of pizza content for Uni Pizza Ovens and a friend similarly obsessed with Uni. And I'm talking about Sea Urchin now. Once collaborated to concoct the best Neapolitan pizza featuring that topping that I've ever had. Shout out to Rich Frazier, restaurant lawyer here in New York City. Excellent. What was your food highlight from Thanksgiving? Making mashed potatoes with my son for the second That's year nice. in a row was a lot of fun. Uh, we have a tradition of having uh, sausage and peppers with our Thanksgiving spread because I am an Italian-American and we have that background. And we Mark. have Ugh. chopped liver also makes its oh, wow. appearance. Uh, and that is from a recipe that's been passed down through family and friends. And then we also have a broccoli cheese casserole that uh, makes an appearance that I once wrote an essay about. I asked for one highlight and you gave me many. I have never made mashed potatoes in my life. My food highlight from the Thanksgiving meal was probably my mom's apple pie. She used a recipe this year that was just outstanding. Could have Ooh, had the entire she, thing myself. I, cheddar crust or cheddar? No. What do you, some see? people like a cheddar crust. Well, for they're their incorrect. Apple pie. Well, this okay. was just wonderful. Very sort of cinnamony and just unbelievably good. My mom's a wonderful cook. I'm very lucky. Ooh, Today's a very fun episode. You'll invite me over for Thanksgiving there. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> really excited about today's show. We are. Uh, we have a, an old buddy, Christian Finnegan. You know Christian Finnegan. He's been on TV a million times, been on all the shows. I remember loving uh, watching him on VH1's Best Week Ever. He was a highlight of that. And he was also... He was in that Dave Chappelle sketch. Do you remember the one where he's the one um, Caucasian real world member, the real world MTV's reality show? And it's a it's a very funny sketch, but he's done a million other things. Really prolific, really good New York comic. His wife, Cambry Cruz, actually owns QED Club in um, Astoria, Queens. He is awesome. And uh, the interview is going to be really fun. It's time for pizza news. I was reading about longshot Republican presidential candidate Doug Burgum and Alfred, the billionaire North Dakota governor, was in Iowa. Now, this is a callback to the Brian Stelter episode. One guess. What is the campaign trail pizzeria where Burgum recently insisted he is staying in the race? Showbiz Pizza. Pizza Ranch. Pizza Mm, Ranch, which I thought was fun that, you know, here 
Brian told us, oh, well, this is a spot. And then there we go. That, you know, comes up in the news. And that was the place. I thought that was fun. CNN reported that Elon Musk just boosted the years old Pizzagate conspiracy theory in a post on X. I guess this podcast now doubles as a legal defense fund for me saying that. Brexit campaigner Nigel Farage and YouTube star Nella Rose had to eat what sounds like an unappetizing margarita pizza topped with camel udder cow udder and a sheep's teat. It was part of an I'm a Celebrity Challenge. Some viewers are reportedly boycotting the series because of Farage's inclusion. Why is there so many right-wing news on? Uh, what's going on here? You feeling the pressure that you are a biased uh, uh, journalist? <laughs> weeks you did accuse me of, of uh, having some made up some news item or being biased or whatever. The fair episodes. and balanced pizza yes. pot party news hour. Go ahead. Wow. Straight out of Alabama. Thank you, AL.com. Strippers are a favorite at Ruscelli's, a late night pizza joint in Birmingham. Cheesy strippers, pepperoni strippers, dirty bird strippers, Hello Kitty strippers, and more. No, Alfred, not that kind. Like my mom keeps reminding me, the Pizza Pod Party is a family show. We're talking rectangular pies. Cut into strips instead of triangles or squares. Yes, a marketing ploy and one that keeps the jokes coming, I'm sure. One of the most popular is our, is the brisket strippers, Alfredo sauce, shredded brisket, brisket sauce, whatever that is, mozzarella and Parmesan. And McDonald's Germany have introduced a new item, pizza pockets, cheese and sauce filled dough called pizza tashin. The Bay Area's famous cornmeal deep dish pizza supposedly loved by the Obama's little star is closing after 20 years. That's from SF Gate. And in conversation with the Sopranos, the roadshow with the series actors swung through New Haven and Worcester Street spots got the way in. Michael Imperioli, Christopher Moltisanti likes modern, Steve Shrippa, Bobby Bacalieri loves Pepe, and Vincent Pastore, Salvatore Bonpensiero loves Sally's. You said Sopranos. It's not Sopranos. Sopranos, Sopranos, Tomatoes, Tomatoes. You don't sound very Italian in this part of the program. Hey, Celeb Brooklyn Hotspot in your old hood, Alfred Lucali, known for not taking reservations, is collaborating with Jefferson's Bourbon on a giveaway. Its first ever reservations. Four grand prize winners will receive reservations for four worth up to $250. Think your intern needs to start working on a giveaway for us. You used to sure. just go right up there and get that pizza, right? Without even having to worry about reservations. During the pandemic, yeah. You just yeah. call, we would call at about 2.30 p.m. And then they would say, come pick it up at about 4.30 or 5. And boy, was that fun. And just to taunt you, I'd say the British royals are trying to rehabilitate their image via pizza because there's yet another royal pizza story. This one from MASH, the meat Kate Middleton enjoys on pizza, but it's mined out of a 2019 social media post. Regardless, in 2019, the Princess of Wales revealed to a group of school kids that she enjoys bacon on pizza. It's like having pepperoni, but it's not as spicy, end quote. She explained, is bacon spicy at all, Alfred? I don't know, but I do know that we're, whenever we mention the royals... You, I mean, it's it's to the point. Are you going to like call my bluff? Yes, I will mention my friend's podcast, Royally Obsessed. Rachel and Roberta, I was just texting with them very recently, too. And I don't know if they realize how many mentions they've gotten. I'm sure they've seen a dramatic increase in their uploads since uh, you've been pulling this, this kind of thing. But yes, for all your royal news, go to Royally Obsessed wherever you get your podcasts. Today's topic is pizza and babysitting. All right. This topic comes out of a news item. It's shocking. Questions for you, Alfred. Did you ever do any babysitting? No. 
I, the only person, the first person I ever babysat was my nephew, Henry, when I was like in my mid twenties. All right. So did you have any expectation on that one time or whatever when, of being fed, if it was an evening that you were babysitting? Well, so with my brothers, you know, kids. So I, I, I don't know what my expectations were, okay. but I, right, I regardless, would assume that you expect some kind of either money for something like a $20 bill, $25 bill for some kind of thing, or you provide food for the kid and the babysitter, something like that. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. So regardless, I mean, don't you think there should be some expectation from a babysitter for being fed? Some, depending on the night. I mean, if they're starting at eight or nine, maybe not. That's also a weird time, but yeah. Here's the headline from the Daily Mail, Australia. I ate two slices of pizza while babysitting. I never could have predicted the parents' furious reaction when they arrived home. Now, this is designed, obviously, for people to be outraged and for yeah. clicks. But it's an article that was spawned by, uh, and I never know how to say, actually say this, AITA Reddit post, which is an MI that beep, beep. Um, but a 20-year-old woman was given cash to pay for dinner and ate two pizza slices. Here are the details. She assumed it would be fine as she was taking care of the kids one evening to have a couple of slices of pizza. She ate, it was a family-sized cheese pizza and breadsticks. She took care of the two boys aged seven and 10 just to gauge what the appetites are here uh, and ate two slices, one breadstick. When the parents came home to relieve me, quote, they asked how tonight went. I said, fine, and said that the pizza place was really good as I had never ordered from there before. Mom looked at me, puzzled and asked why I ate the kids' dinner, she wrote. Now, more than 5,300 people joined the conversation on this, the majority of which agreed the parents were in the wrong. According to career aggregate uh, Zipia, there are nearly 50,000 babysitters in the U.S., and the average age for those professionals is 37, just for a little context here. And the Bureau of Labor and Statistics for child says for child care workers in 2022, the median pay was $28,520 per year, or $13.71 per hour. Listen, at least at Domino's, we're talking here in order of what, like $25 plus tip for delivery. Does this, I don't know if it really matters, changes for the, for the, based on the, the age of the babysitter, but food is love. I don't know, man. Eat before you come, you could say, but there's something social and caring about sharing food. Do you want someone getting hungry and being hangry at the kids or distracted on their phone, ordering something for themselves or instead of paying attention to the kid? I mean, I feel like this, this should be something that, you know, if you have a babysitter and you're you're going to be out for the evening and they're going to be eating, it doesn't seem beyond the pale for the babysitter to have a slice of pizza. Well, two things. If you if the babysitter is instructed to feed the kids dinner, then, yeah, they should have that. They should have dinner as well, because that's just logic. Like they shall all be eating. It's dinner time and they should have dinner also. And they're taking care of your children. They should be fed. The other thing is um, so I'm on the babysitter side on this. However, do we have to post everything on Reddit? I, I belong to my current town's various Facebook groups and the amount of things people publish, complaints. So can we just sort right. of handle a lot of these things on our own? Can, no, do we need to publish and make every single no. thing public? To ugh, yes. The group think is just ay-yay-yay-yay-yay. I don't know. There's a there's a pizza and babysitting T-shirt on Amazon. I feel like the local pizzeria number is one of those things that should probably just be listed there as an along with the emergency numbers, or like at least I feel like I remember that being the case when I was a kid. If your kids have picky toppings or likes and dislikes, and the babysitter wants to eat that pizza, let the babysitter eat the pizza. 
what what is frozen pizza in the freezer a backup for if not for the babysitter? I don't know. I, I just feel like bar there was a, I was looking online on this because I got a little went down this rabbit hole. There's even a Barbie Skipper Babysitter's Ink doll, and pizza is part of the accessory. It comes with a yeah. bottle, a cell phone, a toy phone, a notepad with instructions, and a pizza. Yeah. No, I agree. This is somebody taking care of your children. I'm off my soapbox. Off the pizza box, rather. Oh. Uni Pizza Ovens are excited to introduce their first indoor and outdoor pizza oven, Univolt 12. Uni's first all-electric oven, Volt, offers maximum versatility and performance in a beautiful modern design. Whatever the season and in any weather, you can make great pizza. Univolt is so convenient and easy to use. Just plug it in and you're ready to go. Not only does this oven look great, but it reaches 850 degrees and cooks pizza in just 90 seconds. To learn more, visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I dot com today. It's the Pizza Pod Party special guest. Christian Finnegan is a longtime stand-up. You have seen on VH1's Best Week Ever, Chappelle's show, Jim Gaffigan's show, Conan the Late Late Show, Good Morning America, and the Today Show. Check out his specials, Two for Flinching, Au Contraire, The Fun Part, and 60% Joking. His most recent special, Show Your Work, is on Amazon Prime. You can see Christian working with his wife, Cambry Cruz, who owns QED in Queens. Subscribe to his newsletter, New Music for Olds. It's Christian Finnegan. Arthur, you're talking to someone who played the drums in various bands in high school, who was program director of his college radio station, which is basically all music. I'm a big music fan, but at some point I really stopped understanding or paying attention to new bands. I am a subscriber to Christian's newsletter, New Music for Olds, and uh, I can't believe he does it. It is a lot of work he puts into that, and he gives you a whole lot of new bands, so I highly recommend that. This is a very fun conversation. Christian is really fun. I've worked with him a lot in the past at SiriusXM, and always a fun guy, one of my favorite people to see doing stand-up live in New York City. So here's Christian. It's like once a month we get a funny person on this podcast that has a lot of opinions about Massachusetts Boston pizza. We had Michael Ian Black, uh, who's not even from Massachusetts at all, just destroy Massachusetts and Boston pizza and really New England pizza, I think. And then we had Alex Sulkin, uh, the family guy uh, writer and showrunner. He, he defended uh, Massachusetts pizza. It, well, Boston pizza. He kind of really didn't defend ma- uh, mass pizza. And now we have you, Christian yes. Finnegan, a funny boy who uh, is from Acton, correct? Yes, I grew up in Acton, Massachusetts, which is like uh, 40 minutes northwest of Boston. And uh, yeah, so I'm here to do, uh, I don't know if, if defend the honor of suburban Massachusetts pizza is I mean, yeah, really just lay down your opinion, really. This is, what do you have to say about all this? I'll just sit it's, back. I mean, to, to a certain degree, I think you're always going to hold a place in your heart for the pizza you grew up with, you know, yes. that is sublogical. You know, it doesn't it doesn't really measure up to any kind of uh, rigorous analysis. You're just like, no, that's the pizza I had after I lost my 400th T-ball game. And so I have a, a connection to it. I, I, you know, I, I heard you guys were talking about how the suburban Massachusetts pizza is, is like too thick and, and, and doughy and, and too much cheese. And 
to me, it's just pizza. Like, you know, that's yeah. what I grew up with eating, you know? And that nasty-ass pizza Regina stuff you guys are talking about, I couldn't <laughs> wow. stand that when, wow. I would go into, when I'd go into Boston and those, like, really just thin, like, paper-thin, just kind of tomato-y, like, I, they just... To me, they they always that always felt like crap pizza to me. And I and I, I understand that I'm wrong, quote unquote. And there's no wrong. There I mean, is there's wrong. There's wrong. There's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there <laughs> is, but whatever. Yeah. But no, I mean that's that's what I grew I grew up with eating the garbage. So it's I just thought that that was more Western mass, not necessarily suburban outside of Boston. So you're saying it is like I mean, honestly, do, super I, deli I in that know. area. I don't know that what I grew up with and what I have in my head is what you're referring to. Okay. And there may it may be, you know, a uh, uh, you know a doorstop of uh, dough. I think that's Chicago, but anyway. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Right, I mean, relax. I'm sure in Western Mass it's even nastier. I mean, everything in Western Mass is nastier. No. So <laughs> that's not true. Once you get past Worcester, when you get into real Western Mass, then it gets pretty again. But out there, like my my stepbrother lives in Lunenburg. Like it's nasty out there. It's not, you know, it ain't. It's not what I would call cuisine in any, be it pizza or or Thai or, or anything. It's not really what you're looking for in terms of, uh, you know, uh, cu- culinary nuance. I went to the University of Maine, which is almost a different country because it's so far away from uh, Massachusetts, but it's all New England. And my friends on a text message chain, they're all obsessed with uh, debating pizza, too. And they were they were saying that some some of them are one of them's from Massachusetts. The rest are either from Maine or Connecticut, whatever. But they were saying one of them was saying that that Massachusetts pizza that Alec and uh, Michael were talking about was similar to our pizza in Orono, Maine. Like we had Orono House of Pizza. And they were like, that's the thing. The House of is a style of pizza that's a little thicker. You know, I I like it. It's like a breadier dough. I think it tastes good. I, I always liked Orono House of Pizza at, at UMaine. And I, I, I thought it was great. I don't know if I, I, mean, I, and I guys, think that's the pizza. We're talking about like New England Greek style pizza. Which, sure. Like I can't, which is like a different thing than the Western mass, like super doughy thing. Okay. Like the, the, the New England. Yes. The New England so Greek confusing. style pizza is a, is a regional style and it's all served at these places called house of pizza. Okay. Um, Not and- exclusively. I will say I, I you know, Alec Silken <laughs> had mentioned that uh, the place in his town was called new London style pizza. Uh, I, my very first job was working at New London Style Pizza. Okay, uh, but not not the same one. There were there were two of them. I li- I worked in the one that was in Acton where I lived. Um, but but again, to me, that's just pizza, you know. And and these sort of rigorous codes of like it's only served at places called House of Pizza. No no no, no. I, I didn't say I only. <laughs> I didn't say only. I think. Right, or maybe we can too. go back to the tape. We can go back to the tape, and Alfred can check it later. But it's it's Man, often care. or most often served at those places, but not. Not solely. You're 100 percent correct. Yeah, 100% I mean, you, right. you guys are acting like there's some like rigorous certification process where wow. you know, like, like uh, I don't know, like the Spider Society or something, where they have to come in and uh, rigorously make sure that you conform to the standards of. Uh, New That's just the ABPN. That's just Neapolitan style pizza in Italy. Oh, but so and even and so even and even there, no. But you're you're 100 <laughs> right. And I get I get in trouble for this all the time because I love the granularity of these details and to almost have like the genus and the you know the the Linnaean like. Okay, uh, these are words I don't even know. So can we not? I don't think they're on. words. Honestly, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. It's not Gaelic. That's a great thing I, is you can just love- make up fancy sounding words and like dopes like me will be like, well, this goes smart. 
He's a pizza I think expert. It's the, I think it's the taxonomy, Linnaean taxonomy okay. of like when you have the biological terms. So I'm that's, making that's my favorite my- Mars Volta song, by the way. <laughs> Lin- like, Linnaean taxon- taxonomy. <laughs> I mean, this whole Massachusetts thing is so ridiculous. But yeah, um, but I, I, but yes, New Orleans style pizza. That was my very first, yeah, my so very first job. Let's talk about what you did at that job. What did you do? I I folded many a box. Okay. Um, that nigh nigh on thousands of pizza boxes you that I construct. I would have to. I I find black olives to be just about the most disgusting food in the world. Here, here, and that is primarily because I would have to drain the giant cans of black olives, oof, uh, yeah. and mushrooms, and I would just like I would stick my hands in there and grab them like like a just a giant wad of black olives and then put it into a colander. I don't know you were why like sticking I your fingers into the into the olives. Yeah, also yeah, into the, the actual like, can. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm assuming I washed my hands. I, I can't say for certain. I was oh, very yeah. young. Um, At a certain age, that's not an important priority. But I, I am curious. Uh, you just folded boxes and then played with olives? Was there any I delivering? Mean, I, was there any making I, of the well, pizza? I did, I did actually, a couple years later, I delivered pizzas for Papa Gino's, which was a chain in New yeah. England growing up, which has mostly gone by the wayside. I think there may be one or two still left, but uh, it was a thriving chain when I was a, li- a wee lad. But yeah, this first job, I you know, it was my very first p- paid job, you know, other than maybe, you know, raking leaves for my aunt or something. But um, I would have to close. I would we would I would mop with a friend of mine and we would play uh, Brady Bunch trivia. We would try to stump each other. And we played. That's a noble pursuit. Yeah. And we played what later would be known as the Kevin Bacon game. Uh, although we didn't really have a name for it then. It was just it was just let's play Kevin Bacon or, or we, I don't even know if it was Kevin Bacon, but it was some version of that where you like, you know, get from somebody, somebody to somebody. We movies. would play a game. We called it the movie game where you would ha- be in a group. You say an actor. Then the next person says a movie. Then the next person says an actor from that movie. And you go mm-hmm. around in circles. So that it's might be what it was. a no yeah. rules version of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. But it's tough because if some people aren't as pop culture aware, it's just really boring because then you have to like you just have to throw up softballs or else the game's yeah. over in two seconds. When, yeah. when I was, and mostly it was Brady Bunch trivia. When I was a kid, I mean, they played the Brady Bunch, I think, four yeah. times a day on uh, WLVI or one of those local channels. And um, but, yeah, so it was a lot of that. I they didn't I didn't ever actually did any of the pizza cooking. I I just was there to do the the sort of schlub jobs. But did you deliver? Uh later at Papagino's I did. I delivered for a summer um with a car with no brake fluid. I had a, I had a hole in my brake fluid and so I would have to be driving at least 15 20 miles per hour in order to get the car to turn. Um I would fill it with brake fluid every day and by the end of the oh shift God. it would have all drained out. And so it was incredibly dangerous. But yeah, I would have to like drive straight. I'd have to be going fast enough that I could then just churn the wheel left or right. Um, but yeah, and I delivered pizza and uh, never never had any sort of uh, let's have sex with delivery guy scenarios. <laughs> I had been led to believe that that was No extra anchovies? Like, yeah, uh, nothing. Lover boy or whatever? Yeah. Nothing um, like that. 
so was there with all the the boxes that you folded i mean was there like did you have to stack them up to the ceiling did you was was there like a speed aspect to it that you got into or was there anything to break up the monotony of it or was it just like this was just one of those schlub jobs i had to do and i didn't learn anything from it no one has ever described me as a great employee um so i probably did the math in my head and realized that there was no gain there was nothing to be gained by doing it quickly mm-hmm. so like there was no hey just do these 50 boxes and then you can go home. or maybe there was I, I don't remember honestly but i guarantee you whatever required the least amount of effort and where i could display the most amount of sort of petty uh whatever the word, um, revolution, like any sort of way I could sort of, you know, fight back in a petty way of being there, I I probably pursued. So um, I think I would just very slowly fold boxes. Uh, I think we all knew I wasn't made for the pizza biz. Well, but Christian, I mean, I remember one of my first jobs was working at Burger King. And I remember like one of the... Oh yeah. And, and, and what, and one of the, the things about that though, that job was that you could then go like do something creative in the kitchen, like with what are all of whatever was there and you could like make some kind of crazy mashup thing. So was, did you ever, did you ever get to make any pizzas for yourself when you were at working at the pizzeria or do anything like that? I was allowed near any of that. Like, I I don't think I was, I was given that this was not a, I was not a good enough student of the pizza arts to be given that opportunity. Unfortunately, I'm very jealous of that. But um, no, is that, and then I, the other thing I remember about New London Style Pizza, which they had two trade magazines that would always be sitting in the bathroom. Uh, this was, of course, the time when you would need something to read while on, on, on the pot. And they had Pizza Weekly and Pizza Today. There you and go. I, I remember Do they still thinking, exist? I yeah. don't. Do they really? Pizza Today, pizza today. yeah. Okay. We got to get been, in those, Arthur. Get us an interview on those. Pizza, pizza Monthly or something. But I remember it being very odd that there were some stories in the pizza industry that were so vital that they could mm. not wait a week. Like oh, they certainly. Had, it had to be Pizza Today. Yeah, there's this Pizza is, Today and Pizza Magazine Quarterly. We, we know both of those. That, <laughs> that might have been it. I don't. I remember there were two very distinct time frames that these. Get us on the cover of those, Arthur. Oh, stats. yeah. Hold on. Let me just go and do that. All I'll right, be right back. You. Thank you. Can, can you have uh, Annie Leibovitz shoot you for the camera? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could do, if you guys could take a picture of like John and Yoko where, where yeah, well, one of you is naked and curled up. It would be a very tasteful <laughs> tribute, I think, uh, especially with the new Beatles song out. And I think that would be nothing but appropriate. So mm-hmm. absolutely. I'll get Annie uh, um, on the phone. So, you know, you said you're not a good student. Uh, when it comes to being a pizza maker, but you are a good enough student to go to NYU, New York University. And I always felt bad for the kids that I knew at NYU because like, oh my God, it is hard enough to be in your 20s, 30s and 40s living in New York City and just surviving. I can't imagine being a freshman in those dorms because like, do you, do you, did you ever go out to eat? And obviously New York is such a pizza mecca, but did you find that you ate a lot of pizza while at NYU? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right, I mean, that's that. I mean, that's the thing. And I'm, I'm probably not breaking any new ground by saying this, but what's great about pizza, not even talking about the taste of it, but just it's yeah. such a perfect little segment of food. Yeah. It, it's such it's so divisible. Do you know what I mean? That it's like, oh, I, I, I'm not going to be able to have dinner for a couple hours, but I'm starving now. I'll grab a slice. Do you know what I mean? Or, or yeah. Like, I need a meal, but I only have, you know, at the time, 
$3, I'll get two slices. Wow, I'm really hungry. I'll get two slices with toppings. You know what I mean? Like it's very adaptable to whatever your hunger situation is at that moment. And so, yeah, I mean, I I still probably, my favorite pizza place is probably Ben's in the West Village, mm. just because I associate that with like my year of moving to New York City. Yeah, now, which actually, Ben's are we talking about? The, the there's one on, two uh, within a couple of blocks away, right? The one right on McDougal and yeah. uh, McDougal and Third Street, right near the, the Comedy Cellar and all that. The one uh, made infamous or when made famous from uh, the Louis opening sequence. They have a good artichoke slice, a pretty decent art spinach artichoke slice, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I, the only problem with that is that artichokes are nasty, and so I wouldn't know that. The thing uh, is, all right, if we were going to go down that route, I, I don't like artichokes for the most part, but artichoke pizza um, the actual pizza place artichoke i'm not talking that? about that yeah i'm not no talking i know about but i'm just place. i'm changing it but like did, have you had that christian yeah they we used to have one here in astoria but it closed and the thing i didn't like about it's artichoke good. pizza but it's fine but they had like five very specific pizzas that they made every day and like one of them was like a like a meatloaf pizza and one of them was you know, some very strange concoction. Like you couldn't just get like, hey, can I get a sausage slice or whatever? It was one of their specific kinds you had to get. But um, I like their artichoke pizza very much. And I know it's sort of people kind of uh, make fun of it a bit, but I was one of those people out way too late and scarfed down those massive, large sort of buttery. Yeah, I mean, when it, was, I love when it was still open, it was right outside the subway station. And so like, Around the times of bar, the bar close, bars closing, like you would just see a lot of glassy eyes in there. It's you know? so yeah, funny oh, yeah. bec- because I mean, I remember we're talking about it now, like people make fun of it, but I, there was a time back in the 2000s where like artichoke was a big deal and there was yeah. a huge line down the block uh, and people oh, yeah. like were obsessed with that place. I will just say that um, Francis Garcia and Sal Bazile, who are cousins who run the artichoke uh, restaurant empire now, because it is growing into a bit of an empire. Whenever I have had food that they have prepared themselves, it is really good. It is. It has been really, really good. And they had a sandwich shop that was right next door to the original artichoke, uh, and it was there for only a limited amount of time. But the sandwiches there were awesome. I mean, they were just like if you were not going to worry about whether you're going to have a stroke like ever, and you just like could live forever, and you could just have like the most indulgent. Like I'm talking shrimp vodka parm hero with cheese dripping down for days like kind of sandwiches they were mm. they were excellent i mean i've had them make the food it's been it's been good I, you know one problem with our capitalist society guys uh is is this notion Edit this part out <laughs> no but it's this notion that like everything needs to constantly get bigger yeah. or you know in and maybe there only needed to be one artichoke pizza or two. Like, you know, there's um, Bear Burger, which is a place here in Astoria that the first one was here. And then it started expanding. And then over the past few years, you've seen them contract because they just kind of got they got bigger than not everything can be McDonald's. You know, not everything yeah. should be McDonald's. Like some places really only need one or two or maybe three because otherwise the people who are responsible for making it good don't aren't as involved and then it just becomes like any other place, you know? And so I, I have this artichoke pizza. I wouldn't really have described it as being anything specific other than the fact that their pizzas were very specific, but it's like, I wouldn't have thought like, Oh, that artichoke pizza is special because of X, you know, it, it just was a, another pizza place, which to me is just a, a, a sign of overexpansion. 
Wasn't there a raise that you must have gone to uh, when you were at NYU? I mean, there uh, are that cl- rays everywhere. No, you know, but there course. was one that was like right there on NYU campus that I feel like I remember. There's two places on it. I, I didn't go to NYU, but I, I remember visiting with friends who went there. And there were two places as poor students during the summer coming back to New York City that we would go to. And you'd be able to sur- survive on the food. It was Ray's there, I'm pretty sure. And then it was Gray's Papaya, which was right across the street from where the Barnes & Noble used to be that's now gone. And I, I had a lot of recession specials over there. I don't know if, oh, that, yeah. if you ever. Oh, sure. That, yeah. Constantly, constantly. Uh, the Grace Papaya, absolutely. Um, there were a couple different rays. I remember there was one on Eighth Street, and there was there's a famous Familia that was on Broadway. There were a couple different rays, and I, you know, of course, the jokes in the '90s about rays were, you know, plentiful. You know, famous rays, original rays, famous original rays. You know, and so to me, I always just thought of rays as just being another pizza place. That's honestly the way I would describe 80% of pizza places because I don't have the sort of nuanced taste buds. I don't think, um, there's a few places that, that really have their own taste to me that I either specific that I crave specifically, but the rest of it is just, it's a pizza place. It's pizza, you know, um, fine for what it is, which is pizza, which is delightful. Well, I guess we should cancel this podcast. Wow. No, uh, but I'm saying see, I don't me, see a path f- uh, forward for us. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm saying for me, it's like I don't have that sort of nuance to me. You know, there was one place up when I used after college, I lived up on 106th Street in uh, like up near in Morningside Heights. And there was a place called uh, El Italia or something like that that was on Broadway and like 105th or something. And, and that was the best, you know, they made like this pizza is unreal. And I think it's probably because they had a little bit of sugar in their sauce. Like there was like a slightly sweet taste to it. But yeah, I don't I don't have I think when you move to New York, too, there's also a thing that happens is that like you become convinced that the pizza place that you go to is this unique culinary experience because it, it sort of feeds into your narrative of of, of having the inside scoop. On New York. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I know the place, you know? And it's such a weird city because it, it, I think all cities are sort of turning into this. But for so long, you know, New York is like slices and it's ubiquitous. Everyone's walking down the street with a slice of pizza. As you mentioned, you get it in between meals. We're like other cities for so long. It wasn't really like that. And so in a way, you you didn't even have the 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 vocabulary to judge a pizza place. You just sort of were like, well, this is the our pizza place close to us that can hold us. And we go as a family and that's this just where we go because we like it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we just like the ambiance. We just like it. They can, you know, someone can order a uh, spaghetti, too, if they didn't want the pizza. And it's just like this sort of meeting place as opposed to just like you have to you have so many options to judge each individual spot. Exactly. It's it's a it's a place to go after your soccer game. Yes. You know, uh, and it's a way to feed a bunch of kids simultaneously without, you know, too much upheaval. Yeah, I mean, I remember there was, well, I I've, I don't know if I want to go down a long anecdote. Go for it. Um, you can do it. You can do it here. It's all right. You know, I have this, I, I write this this music newsletter yes. uh, called New Music for Olds. And I had written something maybe about a year ago about Morrissey and about how I had been a huge fan and, and sort of the whole quote unquote, cancel culture conversation. And what does that mean? And and I related it to this pizza place that I used to go to, 
when I, I lived down in, in Alphabet City, and it was probably the height of my sort of cool years where I was no longer living in the dorms, but I was I was still young and living in New York, but I was living in the Alphabet City, man. I live off of Avenue C, like I'm super cool. And there was a pizza place I used to go to that I had convinced myself was the best. It's the best, this is the best pizza place. It was really on the way to the subway, but I had convinced myself it was the best. And one night I was there and I was grabbing a slice and it was very late. It was kind of, uh, they were about to close up, but they let me have a slice and I was sitting there eating it. And as I was sitting there, this baby rat crawled out from like under the kitchen door and started approaching me. Like, and it was clearly had eaten poison or something because it was like zombie walking, like sort of sideways shuffling towards me, like through the middle of the floor. And usually, uh, you know, a, a rat or a mouse will go around the perimeter. But this was definitely not a mouse. It was a baby rat. And it was just sort of ambling towards me. And I was just kind of holding the slice in my hand. And it got within about four feet of me. And the guy from behind the counter jumped out. And he had one of those, um, you know, the dustpans that are on a, a broomstick, you know, like sure. that, yep. you know, that you can stand up and use. He 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 grabbed this, this dustpan and slammed it down oh. like Thor's hammer just on this baby rat. <laughs> about three feet from me. And then without even addressing me or saying anything, swept it into the dustpan and then went back into the kitchen, throw it away. And then within 30 seconds, he was back behind the counter reading his newspaper. And it affected the way I saw that pizza place, as you might imagine. I would love to say I never ate there again. (laughs) <laughs> there there were times where I was in a hurry and it was just the easiest thing to do. I, yeah. I just got to grab a slice really quick. But it always, it completely ruined my opinion of it and the feeling of it was never the same. And that's mm-hmm. sort of how I feel about like when people like Morrissey or, you know, Louis C.K. or, you know, people who have these things. It's, it's not like, uh, I'm forbidden to enjoy you now, but it's just the magic is gone. Oh, <laughs> the totally. The magic is gone. And I will never be able to not have that in my head. So that's the, a core memory for me. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I did morning radio in, when I lived in Williamsburg. And so I had, I had to walk to the L train often at three something in the morning, every single morning, four something in the morning. And there were a couple very trendy restaurants. I had to walk up. Um, I won't say the name of the streets because I don't want to totally destroy these places because, of course, this podcast has a lot of influence. But I would walk up and there'd be very trendy restaurants. I would have to avoid certain roads because there were so many rats outside some of these restaurants. And I I mean, like, I don't mean four. I mean, Mm. I can't count how many rats to the point where I touched them sometimes. Like, I, I would be spacing out walking and it would touch me. And I would think the people that are lined up for these restaurants, you know, at trendy hours of the day, do not understand that there is a literal army of rats that just yeah. hang out outside this place. So I think, you know, New York, yeah. that's the thing too. All places have a story, I think. Yeah, and if New you York ever, City. if you work, if you wait tables or bartend, like if you're there at any restaurant when the, you know, when, when things really quiet down, you're there after closing, you, you see the New York, the the food industry in, in a different light. You know, yes. I, I remember working at the slaughtered lamb in the West village. And, uh, you know, regularly there would be like a rat just under a table. And sometimes (sighs) we'd be open. And, and I remember once going back into the kitchen and there was a, they had a bus bin full of flour that they would use just to bread, you know, chicken 
tenders or whatever. And there was just a mouse just basically doing back rolls in it, just rolling <laughs> around in it. And I, I I think I told the manager like, hey, there's a mouse in the flower. And he was just looking at me like, why are you bothering me with this? <laughs> you know, and and so, you know, some of that you just have to just take. Yeah, that. it's New York City. Well, you talk about the the East Village and Alphabet City. I mean, if you uh, if you spend any time not in a car walking on this, uh, being on the streets. So if you're on a bicycle or whatever, you are well versed in the rat pancakes that you will see in the middle of the road. Now we've really like lost everybody, but I mean, just like it is a fact of life. There are yeah, so there's just and delicious. Let's get to well, be clear. Sure. If cooked properly, absolutely. I mean, not with artichokes, but. Well, depends, right. we I think. Call that, how. We call that a callback in the comedy industry. <laughs> I'm write that down. <laughs> call Callback. Yes. Um, well, speaking of the, in, in the comedy biz, you, you've traveled around. What? what and I, I don't know how often you've been on the road the past few years is because of all the craziness. And I know you have a lot of work that you do in New York City. But traveling when you've been on the road as a stand-up, what are your eating habits like? You know, my eating habits on the road... When I haven't been on the road as much since the pandemic, but yeah. I actually would eat better on the road, generally speaking. Um, I would eat out at like nice restaurants or, or nicer restaurants. I'd have like a really nice lunch at like a fancy place because generally it's, you know, there's some sort of lunch special or whatever. And and uh, I don't know, the, you can, if you're spending the weekend in St. Louis or whatever and you have a, a a Friday afternoon with nothing to do. It's like, you can go have like a two hour lunch at some nice place. And, um, I don't, I, I try to not be, I'm not a snob about food just because uh, what right do I, I don't, I don't have, like I said, I don't, I don't think I have the sense the way that some people are tone deaf and they just don't hear music. Like I, I like food, but I don't think I have the vocabulary or the sensitive taste buds to really be the determining you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm no Gordon Ramsay. Um, is he the right person to say? I don't even sure. know. But, uh, I'm no, I'm uh, no Swedish Anton chef Ego. from the Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. We both went <laughs> cartoons or we both went childs. Um, anyway, um, I don't, I don't eat pizza on the road just because why? Cause why? I mean, Chicago, of course, if we go to Chicago, you know, I'll try the nice. deep dish or whatever, but it's like, what, what would be the point of, of, I mean, at the best, it's going to be passable. At the at best, well, I mean, for I, me, there is a comfort of I, I I agree with you that I don't have I, I'm no Gordon Ramsay myself, and I I don't have the vocabulary for it. But I can understand if I'm feeling awkward by myself, and I, I I've traveled a lot for work myself. Uh, there's something comforting about a pizza. There's something yeah, that sure. changes my mood in a good way. I feel uh, less sad if I have a pizza. There was a place when I would I used to play this club in Tampa once a year, and uh, it was right in Ebor City, which is sort of the the drinking zone. It's you know it's it's where all the it, dummies. It's traditionally a gay, it's a Cuban neighborhood that then became a gay LGBT neighborhood, but then on weekends it becomes just sort of like frat drinking insanity. And uh, there was a, a place called New York Pizza, or New York style pizza, or something on the way back. And I did, I was like, all right, let's see what you got, Tampa. And I'm sure it probably was started by some dude who'd moved from Montclair or, you know, Belmore, <laughs> Long Island at some point. So I, it probably had some sort of New York My neighboring roots. town. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, it was just the most nasty end of the night 
last call pizza you could ever imagine. And that that stuff's like, what what was I what was I assuming this was going to be? What was no, I? Assuming? I mean, I, yeah, I, I never want to have New York style pizza outside of New York, but I want to taste the regional styles of pizza. Like I am in, like that does always interest me when you like what you talked about before, like having the deep dish, or if I'm going up to Maine having the slab pizza, or if I'm going to like that, I do find that fascinating to just see how pizza cult. But that's the pizza nerd thing going on yeah honestly it's like hearing you talk about it and when i was listening to an episode last night it made me realize like oh i could have been doing this you know i didn't even really think to you know what is the cincinnati pizza like or what is the you know insert city x it never even occurred to me like if i if i would have had pizza at all it would have just ended up being just some crap you know in a pinch i need something to eat pizza but i'm sure that i probably could have made that you know, more of a focal point of my travels. In fact, moving forward, maybe I shall. I think you should. But I also think don't don't be too hard on yourself, because also while uh, through osmosis, I've become uh, more educated on pizza with Arthur. But I do think I'm slightly cynical about a lot of the styles. Of course, there are regional styles, of course. However, the Internet has made things more of a pronounced, defined sure, thing. That's definitely and true. so, you know, it's a flattening you know, effect. Yeah. Yeah. In the 90s and early 2000s, this wasn't discussed quite like it is now. And so really, in terms of styles, it really you would have only known about two or three regional styles. And that's probably even been uh, you know, it might not be I mean, calcified in the language, but those styles were there. I mean, I mean, sure. when I moved I mean, to New York, sure. and I found Definitely. out about Sicilian. Like that was just <laughs> yeah. like what? Like I had no <laughs> idea that that was a thing. And I feel like, and this is obviously something I'm sure you guys know. I feel like five years ago, I had never heard of a grandma slice, and now yeah, oh, they're totally all over. Totally. Yeah, they're- They've definitely taken off. I mean, that they yeah. are, and they also people call grandma slices things that aren't slices that aren't grandma slices are called grandma slices. Even even if it's just called a, if it's a square, it gets called a grandma yeah. necessarily. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. People, I other people will parse whether or not they agree with this. And why is it called a grandma? Like, what is the reasoning? Well, there's this whole we snap. Well, then we have to do the grandma episode right here. This is this is I just threw a a nice big fat pitch over the plate. No, no. (laughs) I mean, it originally started at uh, King Umberto's on Long Island uh, and the whole story that goes along. And and then King Umberto's King Umberto's. um, And the whole story was that there was a guy behind the counter and he was there with his brother and he says, hey, make that. Make that pie that gra- that mama used to make or grandma used to make, Nona used to make or whatever. And so it was the, the queen, pizza. The queen they- regent. <laughs> so it's the pizza. <laughs> so it's so the, 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 I mean, it didn't go back that far. But um, so, the, you know, so they would make it for themselves. And then the story is, well, then customers started seeing it and they put it on the menu, blah, blah, blah. blah. There's, it's much more nuanced than that, but that's where it all comes from. And it was just pressed out in the pan. Um, mm. So, yeah. I like it. I like and the it. idea is that it's not, there's, there's not as much, um, you know, work that goes into having to to stretch the pizza out, um, and then the you know it's cooked in the pan, so you get that like kind of crispy, delicious crust. And yeah. yeah, and to me, it's like like it's like a midpoint between a regular slice and a Sicilian, where it's like I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want yeah. a bagel with tomato and cheese on it, which is what a Sicilian feels like sometimes. But uh, but you know, you want something with a little heft. Well, this is part of my Thanksgiving tradition. 
every time I go out to Long Island, I try and stop by King Umberto's and have a grandma slice because it's awesome. And then also my local pizzeria, La Piazza, does a really good grandma. This is right next to Belmore, which you did a little drop there before, and uh, and in Merrick. And they make a great, it's a rectangular grandma, but it's it's awesome. And I order it every every Thanksgiving. So that's part of my Thanksgiving tradition. Have they ever had turkey pizza for Thanksgiving? Has anybody ever put turkey on pizza? DiGiorno's just released the turkey Thanksgiving pizza. It's been a it's been a thing. I think like leftover. Yeah, this. I do like it. I do like a DiGiorno. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I I will just DiGiorno is my in case of emergency food. Like it's always good to have one in your freezer just on those nights where you come home at eleven fifteen or whatever, and you know you need something in your stomach. Uh, I cooked a DiGiorno in the oven a couple months ago, and I felt like the fanciest man alive. That's like difficult. as opposed to the microwave, as opposed to the yeah, I, I was yeah. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna heat up the oven, and I'm gonna take the twenty to twenty two to twenty five minutes. It's a real commitment. Yeah, did you notice really the is. difference? Yeah, I would say I noticed a difference. Okay. I mean, you know, certainly yeah. it it had a crispiness to it that you're not gonna get in your microwave. But you know, I have nothing against, I have nothing against those disgusting where that where you microwave it a little too much and the edge the edges of the pizza are all sort of turned into plastic i have a, a kind of a i don't know a childhood nostalgia for that I, i'm older than you guys i'm assuming but um when i was a kid and microwaves kind of first came out or at least first became sort of publicly available my mother fell in love with the microwave and she used the microwave to cook everything like steak she would cook steak in the microwave she would cook you know, burgers, she would cook everything in the microwave and she would always cook everything too long because she didn't, hadn't figured it out yet. And so the, the circumference of everything I ate had that plastic Mm. hard as a rock over microwave taste to it. And so there is sort of a cozy nostalgia I have to an overcooked microwave pizza. Well, you know, nostalgia, uh, yeah, Arthur opened the door talking about uh, Thanksgiving, the holidays. Do you think pizza, for you specifically, does pizza ever have a place uh, around the holidays? Not really. I mean, you know, Irish family, you know, if anything is kind of like like maybe, you know, the traditional going to the movies on Christmas night. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like after Christmas and, then, and now it's three o'clock in the afternoon and nobody knows what to do. And so you go to a movie. And so, like, maybe you would then get a pizza afterwards as kind of the we've we've spent all of our actual effort making food. Now we just want food. You, you know what I mean? Like sort of yeah. the, the holiday come down kind of thing. Well, then I think that leads us to what is your perfect slice and where is it? Where are you getting it, Christian? Um, I love a good sausage and onion. Um, nice. You know, we never hear just, that. I love that. Yeah. I like a sausage yeah. and onion. It's a good. Yeah. I love sausage, sausage and onion. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I will, I will like, I like green peppers, but yeah. I like them. I don't like them when they're the rings. I like them when they're chopped finely. Sure. Mm. Um, cause otherwise when they're in the rings, you either get no green Drag. pepper or too much green pepper, yeah. you know, like there's no consistency to the taste of it, but yeah, a good, a good sausage and onion is to me as good as it gets. Um, pepperoni is fine, but it's just, it gets too oily. And uh, I don't like to be the the mopper, you know, with the with the napkins trying yeah. to mop up the oil. But sometimes, sometimes you got to. Yeah, Christian, this is the closest we've had to someone that's saying exactly what what I think about pizza. Because so many people, when we ask this question, hate green peppers. People definitely much prefer pepperoni. 
And uh, sausage and onions is never mentioned. So I want to tell my sausage hat to you. and onion. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great combo. Thank you. It's well good, done. It's a good. Thank you. you I appreciate that. I you did a great that. job right there. Thanks, pal. <laughs> Can I ask you one question? No. Yes. Before we go, absolutely. The not. hat. I got to ask you about the hat. So you're you're a Knicks. Are you a Knicks fan from Boston? Can you ex- just explain that one to me? I am a self-hating Massachusetts person. Okay. Um, I hated Boston and everything about it growing up and i realized that it probably doesn't have too much to do with boston if i had grown up in duluth i would have hated duluth that was more a me thing than a boston thing (laughs) but everybody when i was growing up in new york and boston boston's always had this like little brother complex with new york city like boston thinks that boston and new york are rivals new york doesn't think that like new york's like and you are um, we're, but in Boston, you grew up thinking like, we're like, we're like equals, like we're like equal tier cities, like, and other than sports. And even at the time, you know, the Red Sox sucked, the Patriots sucked. Like now, of course, everyone's turned in, everyone turned, everyone from Boston went from being a, you know, a up on the cross martyr to a disgusting bandwagon jumper, you know, over a three year period. Yeah. And it's been unbearable. Um, yes. And so when I moved to New York, part of the reason I wanted to go to NYU is because it was like, oh, everybody that I hate talks about how much they hate New York. So I guess that's probably where I should go. And when I was in college, this is going to sound like a brag. And I, for about three weeks, not two weeks, I dated a Nick City dancer. What? Uh, but because she was in my dorm, she was a, an NYU student. She wasn't like it wasn't you know, and she was a, a lovely woman. Still but counts. it wasn't like yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, I it is a pretty cool card to pull out every once in a while, especially if you're talking to like a Knicks fan. You know, it's it's yeah. pretty cool. That's very cool. But she got me. I had never. Re- I was not really a sports fan at all growing up. You know, I was a I was a drama club kid and defined myself about, by not being into sports and whatnot. But she got me into a Knicks-Pacers playoff game in 1993. Oh, wow. Okay. And that, That'll like, just got me. You know, that, yeah. I, was, I was a sophomore in college. I was in my second year living in New York City. So I was at the height of my I'm a New Yorker now, you know, um, which I think between being in New York from, like, two to four years is when you're at your most obnoxious, you know, because you feel like, like, I, I know the city. I, I've been all the way down to uh, uh, Delancey Street and all the way up to uh, Central Park. So I, I pretty much know New York. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so, yeah. But then I've been a, an obsessive Knicks. Like, it would be embarrassing for me to tell you how much time I spend consuming Knicks-related podcasts. And well, I mean, I lived and died, lived and died by the Knicks when I was in high school, and those uh, those teams in did the, a lot of dying. Did a lot of dying, and mm-hmm. um, they broke my heart, man. They really. I don't think I was. I've never gotten over uh, Starks's bad game and the foul that I thought that Olajuwon committed in order to make them miss the, that last shot that would have. I mean, the I, worst I, thing I, is during Starks's game, I was I was waiting tables at the slaughtered lamb during that, and they kept cutting away to the OJ Bronco chase. Right, exactly. And yeah, so, wow. I or or was that game seven? Was game seven where he had the really bad, poor shooting game? I I, I think games whatever. But the point game, is, it was it was game, it was game six, six that the Bronco chase went. I, I'm you know what? I'm not exactly sure that, but but I remember I had just sort of started yeah. to get into the Knicks at that point. And I was like waiting tables and it was, you know, I was like, who gives a shit? It's just a, it's just a truck. He's just driving down the road. 
Um, but yeah, no, I I, I got I in recovered. at the worst possible time because yeah, I I was from 1993 to 2000. They were consistently in the top four or five teams in the league. And then, but I made it through, man. I refuse, and now they're actually coming around to being at least respectable again. And for a long time, people are like, like, why don't you root for the Nets now that they're in Brooklyn? Or why do you like, why do you torture yourself like this? Because I know that the minute I stop being a fan is when they'll turn it around. And I refuse. I, I'm yeah, be I've been here. using that logic for the past twenty years, and it hasn't worked for me. So yeah, know. I'm like the old lady, the one lady in town who won't give up her brownstone, and they like have to build <laughs> a giant like you know, skyscraper around my crappy little house because I won't sell. <laughs> like, that's basically how I am with the Knicks. Squatters that. rights. Well, uh, go Bulls. And oh. uh, Christian, thank you for joining us. I'm getting flashbacks to having you come on SiriusXM and talk about slam dunks, which we did. And one of my fit mm-hmm. most fun times I've ever had on the radio is doing a whole hour on the slam dunk. And uh, thank you for coming on. This was a slam dunk, sir. Thanks for... Uh, well Taking done. us through your pizza journey. Thank you. I, I, I the, the journey continues. <laughs> yes. Well, any final <laughs> thoughts on pizza? You can go right ahead. The floor well, is yours. Well, I, I would ask. I, I, I would ask Arthur. Um, you can ask since me you, too. since you know what, well, uh, where, where you know my neighborhood? Are you do you do you know the Astoria where, pizza scene? So, have you been to um, Roses? Yes, I'm right uh, around the corner from Roses. So that's is that the one, of your, one that's. Is that your local? That, that's one of the few that's like its own thing. Yeah. You know, that that like that is different than other pizza places. Have so you I'm had the square there? That's what I get there. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. The crust is like very buttery and, and tasty yeah. at the bottom. But that's that's my go-to say. there. Yeah. All right. I was gonna say if there's any others, let me you know give me the give me the lowdown. You got it. Christian, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Alfred. You're the best. Toodles. Arthur, I think it's funny that you and I both didn't even mention the meme of Pizza Rat in that interview. Totally slipped my mind. Maybe it's because rats and food in New York City are so <laughs> ubiquitous that it's not worth a mention. But yeah, Pizza Rat, that was a whole thing, right? I have seen a pizza squirrel and a pizza pigeon in my time here in New York City. Uh, pizza Rat, I have not witnessed in person, but uh, I'm sure it will happen. Thank you so much to Christian. This was a fun episode. Happy holidays, everyone. My name is Alfred Schultz. Follow me on the social media nightmare stuff. And uh, thank you. I'm Arthur Bovino at NYC Best Pizza. Follow the show at Pizza Pod Party and Uni at Uni HQ. If you're enjoying the show, a free way to support is by leaving a five-star review rating. Uh, It's a chance to tell us what you love, what the change, and helps others discover it, too. Remember, Alfred, the great pie is one you're already thinking about having again before you finish the first slice. Tell your friends about this show if you're enjoying it. That would be really cool. That's a nice thing to do. See you next week. Make pizza. The Pizza Pod Party. Please rate and review the podcast. The Pizza Pod Party is hosted by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Produced by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Created by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Researched by Arthur Bovino. Engineered, edited, and mixed by Alfred Schultz. Voiced by the fabulous Holly Palmieri. And presented by Uni Pizza Ovens. Visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I dot com to find out more about the world's number one pizza oven brand and Follow Uni on social media at UniHQ 
on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.